You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? That was a little bit more exaggerated than it normally is, but what is going on? Thank you so much for tuning in. Happy that you guys are back on... The potty. The potty. The potty. The here potty. we are. We're here right now. Let's hop on. Um, today we have a uh, special guest, uh, longtime viewer, first time guest. Yeah. Um, uh, one of our impact leaders, AJ Mitchell. AJ, say hello to everybody. Hello. I'm happy to be here. Thank Ready you. Ready to rate some stuff. Rate some yeah. stuff. Yeah. I wonder what it's going to be. Um, mm. Well, uh, I guess we've reached that point. We have. It, well, we we well, reach it early. What do you mean? We reach that point early. Yeah, we do reach it early. That's true. That, that, that's true. Um, it's time to rate, rate that foreign snack. snack. That was nice right AJ, there. AJ just, was you not didn't, there. didn't feel the need he to participate. Not, was, okay, also, whatever. don't want that to block your face. I didn't know the timing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's block his face. Grab that. it. Let's go. Here we go. All right. Time to... A little yank. Okay. Whoa. Th- that was totally rigged, guys, just so you know. Like, yeah, I'm just going to be totally honest. Rigged. We It was pre-planned that I was going to grab these because we actually want to try them. And low-key, I'll just be honest with you, that I think that they're actually expired. Uh, <clears throat> we'll be fine. So, uh, but, but we'll be fine. I just didn't really want to wait any longer for them. Uh, these oh. are... Uh, Ben's going to probably put a photo out. Uh, ben, tell, yep. tell them what they are. These are Skittles Squishy Clouds with a Z from the United Kingdom. Thank you, Great Britain. Thank you to the motherland. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's go for a little sneaky open here. Yep. Oh, it opened nicely. Sniff it. I will sniff it. Oh, they're kind of big. Oh. Uh-oh. That was like a half good smell. Anybody want to take a little little whiff? Oh, no, that's fruity. Okay. No, that's, it, it, that's it's, nice. It's, it's, it's kind of nice. It smells exactly like Skittles to me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's, it's fruitier than Skittles, though. Let's get Ooh. them in there. So what dumb. flavors we got? Uh, ben, why don't you tell them? Uh, lemon. Strawberry, lime, orange, and black currant. Currant. Black currant. Or currant. No, I, I bet know. you it's currant. I bet you that's t- some type of fruit. Okay. Um, I'm kind of feeling like strawberry should be the move to try. I like it. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the pinky. Pink. Yeah, pink. There, there it is right here. Oh, it's squishy. It's very squishy. I actually, I like feel like. I like that a lot. I'm, it is I'm, like a cloud. Yeah, it is like a cloud. It actually, it's given me that, uh, that impression. Let, let's go for a little taste. Oh. So interesting. Wow. Wow. Odd. Wow. That's so odd. It is, but it tastes exactly like a Skittle. Like the flavor is exactly like yep, our normal yep, Skittles. Yep. It's just the texture is so weird. It tastes exactly if you have ever had Skittles gummies before. Mm. It tastes exactly the same as the, as the strawberry Skittles gummy, but a different texture. Um, I'll tell you what, though. The, the advertising... Oh, 100%. I was just going to say that. Yep. That's fire. Soft and airy. Soft yep. and airy. Squishy absolutely. clouds. Yep. Absolutely. Skittles, yep. I mean, wow. I feel like we'd be doing the people an injustice... You wanted the lemon. I did. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. We got to try the We got to try the black currant. Yeah, we got to try the black currant. AJ, what was your initial thoughts? It was weird. It kind of tasted like medicine at first, but then it grew on me. Interesting. It grew on me real quick. Okay. Um, yeah. For me, the flavor kind of just faded in. Yeah. 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 It, it did. And, and, and I'm kind of thinking that this is going to just taste like a blackberry type yeah. idea. Yeah, probably. Um, uh, all right. Let's go for it. 
Wow. I'm in there. I like That's Blackberry. Good. That's good, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I didn't like that one as much as the strawberry one. It kind of tastes like it's an just... acai berry. Okay. Yep. 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 Sure. I mean, um, maybe that's I don't know what I, I think is. that yeah, I, I think we have a pretty good idea on how we're feeling about this snack. Um, I'm kind of trying to think back to the Sour Patch Kids. I'll tell you this right off the bat: love the texture, everything about the texture. If it's I can nice. have another gummy snack that's this fla- uh, that's this texture, like this is my ideal texture for a gummy snack. I'll, I'll be honest; it doesn't get stuck in your teeth, which I love, but it has that chewiness that you still really like enjoy sure. in a gummy snack, sure. which makes me be partial to it because I love gummy snacks, but I don't love it that they get stuck in my teeth sometimes. Uh, and I didn't feel like it did that one. I know that's very specific. Some of you were like, "Really?" and I'm that's like, good. "Yes," but it's good insight. Um. Are you guys ready to rate it? AJ, yeah. can you go first? I yeah. can. Yeah, I like I, that. I feel honored to do this. Hmm. Um, you should. I'm going to have to go you probably an eight. I haven't had the other snacks, so I don't know how to... It's okay. Like the range, yep. but I'd say an eight, maybe an 8.5. Okay. Ben, go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm right, you know, right around there. I'm going to give it a nine. I really enjoy it. I think that the flavors... That's that's the only reason for me that it's a nine and not you know any higher is because the flavors kind of just don't don't really hit you the way that I would like them to. Yeah. But the texture's great. The advertising, like I really appreciate how on point it is. Yeah, so. I, absolutely. Um, United Kingdom, you did good. Um, yeah. I, I'm um, I, honestly, I'm trying to think. Like last week, we didn't really give that that ship an amazing rating. I no, don't think it was it was not it was not a good rating. Um, I'm thinking about this in comparison to the Sour Patch Kids because it's kind of like the same department of candy. Um, the Sour Patch Kids, the flavor is the only thing that gives me the edge. The texture of the Sour Patch Kids was not where it was at, but the flavor was good enough that it gave it a higher rating. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with a nine for these as well. Yeah. I really enjoyed them. Uh, really good. I, I'll probably chow down on a couple more after I get off the potty. Yeah. Um, and uh, get yeah, off the potty. We've uh, been, <laughs> um, been kind of doing this. If you're from the United Kingdom and yeah. you're watching. Well, we have out. been doing that. That's yeah, right. We because have. we got a couple of Belgium. And uh, th- th- this was good. AJ, how did you good. feel about your time on the podcast today? I loved it. And also, if you've had these, give us your rating. Oh, yeah. Okay, love that. That was great love insight from, from AJ yeah. AJ Mitchell right here, guys. This is this is why we have him. He yeah. brings a whole different <laughs> dynamic to the table. Yep. Thinking outside the box. I try my um, best. That was great. That was if you've had these before, please try any of them. If you go back, go back and comment if you've mm. uh, if you've had any of them. I'd love to hear your guys' input and your thoughts on it. And uh, this was great. great. Uh, if you live in Connecticut, the Danbury Fair Mall probably sells some of these. What's the name of this, this store? I think it's 203 Exotics. 203 Exotics, he thinks. Um, yeah. 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 Pretty okay. sure that's right. Cool. Very nice. Th- thank awesome. you guys. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank um, you for having me. That was great. That was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, I was kind of tired before I hopped on this thing. I'm feeling good now. Maybe that sugar just gave me a little bit of bump uh, uh, in there. Maybe the Holy Spirit, you know, you never know. Um, you never know. No, I, it's uh, the, the, the Spirit of God, I'm sure, has something to do with it being that I'm preaching the Bible on a podcast. So, um, what am I going to talk about today? It's a great question. I'm sure you guys are wondering that, but I'm excited to share the word of God with you guys. Um, 
I, it's funny how we go from like uh, being silly and joking around on the uh, on the podcast to just like uh, to write into the word of God. But I'll tell you what, the word of God is serious. The word of God is something that should be handled very seriously, uh, should be handled very delicately. And uh, while I love to have a good time and I believe that even I even believe that God likes to have fun, too. Uh, I think it's always important for us to get serious when we get into uh, studying the word of God. And so that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to dive into God's word. I want to talk to you today about three things that God wants, three things that God wants. Uh, and I'm going to be uh, taking this from Mark chapter seven, Mark chapter seven. And I want to read it to you guys real quick. Mark chapter seven. It says this one day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. It says that the Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. Notice how it says as required by their ancient traditions. That will be important. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold to your own traditions. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. Honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of, of uh, his father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you for I have vowed to give God or give to God. God, what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example of many things. Then Jesus called together the crowd and said, all of you listen to me and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes out of your mouth. Three things that God wants. What can we learn from that? And I think that this story really ties into what's going on in the earth right now. We see in America right now, and uh, this is um, February right now. This is February, look at my phone right now, February 16th. As of February 16th, 2022, there is a revival that is breaking out in Oh, I said 2022, 2023. Let's say that again. As of February 16, 2023, there is a revival that is breaking out in Asbury. Uh, Asbury, I think it's Asbury Theological Seminary is the full name. And there's this revival happening where it basically started with some students that were hungry for God. 
They said, God, we're hungry for you. And I believe they were having a prayer meeting of some type. And some students just decided that they were going to stay after and keep seeking God, that they were just going to keep going. And the prayer meeting just never ended. And so there's been nonstop praise and worship. There are now, I think it's seven or eight days at this point of 24 hours of nonstop prayer and worship that is happening right now. And then another school, Lee University, is in revival. And then Redemption to the Nations with Bishop Kevin Wallace joined in. And now in the Kentucky, Tennessee area, there seems to be a revival that is breaking out in the earth. And it's funny because all these people are being so critical of this revival. I I seen videos of people and they start talking about it. And they're like, you know, I just don't think this is genuine revival because genuine revival is this. Genuine revival is that. Genuine revival is the other thing. I saw a, a terrible post today about how it's not genuine revival because people aren't renouncing their homophobia. I'm just like, what is going on right now? I was like, these people think that they're revival experts. I saw an evangelist make a video about this. They think that they're revival experts, although they've never seen one genuine revival take place before. I think that what the church should be doing right now is instead of being looking at this revival through a microscope and from a critical eye, while there may not be all the elements of a full-blown revival right now, it's only been seven or eight days so far. Let it happen. See what God might do. What is wrong with a group of young people getting together saying, God, we want to know you. God, we want to know you. God, we want to praise you. God, we want to worship you. What is wrong with a group of people doing that? The church should not be looking at this critically right now. It's not like they're in there like worshiping the devil or worshiping things that are against God. They're literally just in there praising God. There is nothing wrong with that. People are, I heard that people are getting up and preaching. What is wrong with that? It's just people preach, uh, preaching God's word, praising God. What is wrong with people seeking after God? It's better than what most churches are doing right now. So what I believe a Christian should do right now is be praying for God to use them to stir that revival wherever they are at. Because when God start, a revival often starts and begins to spread. It starts and begins to spread. If you were to study revival history, you'll see this. Uh, I don't claim to be some type of perfect revival expert or anything like that. I'm only 20, 23 years old now. And so I'm still young in the ministry and I'm not, I'm not, you know, going to sit here and tell you that I know everything, but I will say I've seen revival services happen before. And it often just starts with a time of intense worship, intense praise to God that begins to take place. The word of God gets preached and miracles, signs, wonders, salvations break out. But The point of what I'm trying to say, the reason why I even brought it up is I believe that what I'm about to teach right now is actually uh, in relationship to what's happening with this revival. What's happening with this revival that's in the earth right now is that I believe that this is a revival of relationship, a revival of relationship. What I mean by that is people's personal relationship with God's are getting, uh, with God's, with God is getting revived. That's what's happening right now. Because contrary to popular opinion, and some people may disagree on this, the point of revival is to get our personal relationship with God to continue to be stirred and, and, the, and, uh, and just continue to, and just uh, get it to keep on going. That's the point of, of a revival. When I go to a revival service, I should leave feeling encouraged in my relationship with God and be spurred on to go and to uh, read my Bible, to go and pray. And so 
That's what a revival should do. And I believe that what's happening right now is people are praising God and people are worshiping God and the word of God is being preached and students are being encouraged all across that university to go and have a deeper relationship with God. To go and have a deeper relationship with God. So three things that God wants, and you'll see how this ties into what, uh, to, um, what I believe that, that God is trying to do in the earth right now. I believe that God is bringing people back to repentance. I believe that God is bringing people back into a deeper relationship with him. And yes, I believe that God wants to do salvations, miracles, signs, wonder, moving the gifts of the spirit. I'm all for that. And if you've ever watched this podcast before, you know that. If you've ever watched me preach before, you know that. But I believe that the most important thing is that where people's relationship with God is at, that is the most important thing. Three things that God wants to do from Mark 7. God wants genuine worship. God wants genuine worship. Look at what Mark chapter uh, 7, verse 7 says. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Their worship is a farce. Their worship is a farce for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. God is looking, is not looking for worship. That's a farce. Here's the type of worship that God is looking for. God is looking for worship that is in John chapter four, verse 24. It says for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Jesus said this to a Samaritan woman who was asking, should we worship God over here or should we worship God over there? And you can look at the greater context of that by going to John chapter four. And Jesus responds that, uh, uh, that for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Basically he tells them the time is coming, uh, that it is near that those, uh, will worship the father in spirit and truth. And so we see spirit and truth being the example of how God wants us to worship. This is the genuine way that we're to worship him. But what is spirit and truth? What is spirit and truth? First, we have in spirit, right? Let's deal with that. In spirit means from a genuine and sincere place in our hearts. A genuine and sincere place in our hearts where we decide that we're going to say, God, I genuinely want to worship you. God, my heart is just fully devoted to you. God, I, I give you everything that I have. I worship you because you're the creator. Understand that worship is not singing songs. That is an element of worship called praise. That is an element of worship called praise. It were proper to call it praise and worship because it's both, but praise is an element of worship. But worship is an attitude of the heart where our heart is fully surrendered to God. And so God's looking for us to worship in spirit where we have a genuine and sincere place in our hearts. Second, it's in truth. In truth is referring to worshiping God by understanding and obeying the truth about God in his word. So we worship him according to his word. And that's why it's important, you know, people start worshiping God and these weird things start to happen that aren't in the Bible. People start doing weird things that aren't in the Bible. That's not genuine worship because it's not in the Bible. Um, this is especially true in certain movements. I, I won't say which, but certain movements and certain uh, denominations where people just start doing whacked out things. You know, they walk over the people and I, I don't know, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they slap them in the face in the spirit. 
You know, they start, everyone starts slapping each other in the spirit or everybody, you know, people start dunking their head in the, in the, in honey, fountains of honey. And they start, you know, wiggling their face in it and everything. And they're like, we're worshiping God right now. No, you're not because you're not worshiping him in spirit and in truth. We don't see that in the scripture. So if we don't see that in the scripture, then it can't be worshiping God in spirit and truth. God is looking for genuine worship. And here's, and, and let me explain why this ties into the passage. You might be wondering, is that really what Jesus was saying, that their worship is a farce? Well, here's what was happening. The Pharisees were worshiping their religion more than they were worshiping God. They were worshiping their religion rather than worshiping God. It says, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Here's the type of stuff that the Pharisees would do and they'd worship it. Here's what I, what do I mean by worship it? Their heart would be more devoted to it than it was to God. So here's what they would do. They would, on the Sabbath day, they would count how many steps that they took. And if they took too many steps, they would, they were in sin. You know, they'd say 300 steps, 298, 299, 300. I'm stuck here for the rest of the day, right here. I can't step anymore because it's the Sabbath. Or they do this. And this is the actual example that Jesus gives. They would not obey the commands of God to honor their parents. And instead they'd honor their tradition by saying, sorry, mom and dad, I know that I should be taking care of you and honoring you the way that I should, which we should honor our parents. When our parents are older, they took care of us all their life. So it's biblical for us to honor them by taking care of them. And what the Pharisees would do would say, I'm sorry, mom and dad, I cannot take care of you because I'm too religious for this. I decided to take the money that I would use to take care of you and decided to give it to God. This is not referring to a tithe because tithing is a command from God, but this is just referring to money that they said, no, I'm not gonna take care of you. I'm gonna take care of, I'm gonna you know, give this money to God. That's religion because it's because we need to start by obeying the commands of God, which I'm actually going to get into next. But they, they decided to obey their man-made ideas rather than obeying God. They decided to worship their man-made ideas. I'm going to go and I'm going to just do, you know, all these traditions and follow these things. They had this um, thing. They called it the uh, Mishnah. They called it the Mishnah. There was the Mishnah and the Talmud. And the Mishnah and the Talmud, they were both uh, different uh, traditions that the Jewish people uh, wrote down. They were Jewish oral traditions written down. And I actually don't remember which one is specifically Jewish oral traditions written down, but one of them is. And they would have all these oral traditions that they would write down. And what the Pharisees would do is they would obey these traditions as if they were commands from God. And they would disregard the commands of God with these, uh, with these traditions. They would value the, the traditions over their worship to God. How do I know this? It says in verse eight, for you ignore God's law and substitute it with your own tradition. They would ignore God's law and substitute it with their own tradition. If it was between honoring their parents or their tradition of dedicating their money to God, they would go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go give this money to God. Even though God's command was not for them to give that specific money to them. Again, this is not talking about the tithe. This is talking about a tradition that they had to be able to, to give certain money somewhere. So we cannot worship man-made ideas over God. You know, 
for example, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with this. I just want to be very clear about this. Uh, I don't think that there's anything wrong that they do this in the Catholic Church. When you go into the Catholic Church, you, you go like this. And I think that that's great. And I, and I honestly, uh, I really don't think that that is, is a bad thing to acknowledge God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I don't think that there's anything wrong with acknowledging that. I think that we could actually use a little bit more of that reverence inside of Protestant churches. So I'm not criticizing the fact that, that they necessarily acknowledge that, but it can start to become a tradition rather than becoming genuine worship to God, where we're genuinely reflecting on God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, or the fact that sometimes in churches they just repeat the Our Father prayer. They say, you know, just, you know, you know, say the Our Father prayer and you'll be forgiven. Say, you know, five Hail Marys and all that stuff, you know, do this and that, and they value tradition. They worship their tradition rather than worshiping God. And so it's very important that we have a genuine worship with God where it's God. Yes, I'm going to worship you in spirit where my heart is fully devoted to you, but I'm also going to worship you in truth according to what your word says. Uh, the Bible says that God uh, in Second uh, Chronicles 16, 9, that the eyes of the Lord search the whole, uh, whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God is looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Committed to him in what? Committed to him in worship. Committed to him in worship. Whose hearts are fully committed to him. That's a part of worship. Our heart being fully committed to him. So God wants genuine worship right now. Right now more than ever. God is looking for people that will say, I will genuinely worship you. And even in those, you know, weird circles where they do those weird things. I know that they're trying perhaps to worship God genuinely. But it's important to know the word of God so you don't get weird. Um, what, what, what does the saying go? Uh, I, I think either I came up with this or somebody else told me it. I forget, but worship without the word gets weird. Worship without the word gets weird. Why? Because it's not genuine worship. Worship without the word gets very, very weird. You start, you know, you start, you know, you look at a chair, you know, as we, we have chairs in this room and we look at a chair and we're like, Man, I just, I just see, I just see Jesus sitting on the throne right now. Man, you know, like, you know, the, the chair right there, you know, and it's like, man, you know, maybe we should start bowing down to this chair right now. And they're just like, man, this chair is spiritual right now, man. I just, I just see it, it's black and, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's dark and, and everything. And, you know, I just think, you know, actually, you know, I think we need to cast a, de a devil out of this chair because the cover color black is, you know, of the devil. And, you know, they start, you know, casting it out. They're all spending time. I watch people with deliverance ministries and, I saw one that was just a, it was a waste of time. I was like, what is this nonsense? They, when this guy sees this lady and she starts, you know, doing some weird stuff and yelling in her own voice. And she just starts saying stuff. And the guy's like, I bind your feet right now. And she's like, I want to hit you. And she's like, and he's like, go ahead and hit me. Do it. He's like squaring up with a demon. And he's like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. And he like puts his hands behind his back. The demon's like, uh, uh, and it's not, cause it's not a demon. It's not a genuine demon at all. It's, 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 it's not. And then he's like, yeah, that's right. You can't hit me. He fools around with the demon for, or the demon for 55 minutes. And then finally the, there's a massive deliverance and everyone goes crazy. That right there is not, is not genuine worship. What do you mean? They're not praising God right there. How is that? You know, they're not singing a song. That's not worship. Right. Because, uh, because that's not genuine worship. Remember, worship is not just a song. It's about our heart being fully committed to him. 
We can't have all of these religious rituals where we think that, you know, we're casting out a demon and we're just really fooling around with a person who's being overly emotional in a moment and doesn't understand what's going on. Someone that might be struggling with something else. How do I know that that's not of God when when people do that? How do I know that that doesn't make sense? Here's how I know. Because Jesus dealt with demons very swiftly. I also know because if a demon wanted to hit you, a demon would hit you. Because we see that in the Bible with the seven sons of Sceva, that they go and they get absolutely overtaken by a demon. I also know that uh, that demons, when demons talk, that they, they don't just talk in, you know, my voice. They're not going to talk like that. They're going to start to get angry. They're going to start to talk in a different voice. We see all these things in the Bible. So if we see that in the Bible and we see that Jesus dealt with demons swiftly, then why is it taking a hundred minutes to be able to, to get the demon out of them? We need to make sure that we're worshiping God genuinely. In this final hour of time, God is is bringing people back to a heart of genuine worship. Am I saying I don't believe in demons being cast out of people? Do I not believe in demonic possession? I do believe that uh, in casting out demons, I do believe we have all authority over demons. I just don't really think about demons all that much. If they manifest in in a service, we just take care of it very quickly because the spirit of God is on the inside of me. It's not about me. It's about God's spirit in me. We just take care of it. Genuine worship where we worship in spirit and in truth is our heart fully committed to God in a way where we are basing our our, uh, theology and we're basing our life and we're basing our worship on his word. God wants genuine worship. The second thing, God wants obedience. God wants obedience. Look at what Mark 7, 8 says. For you ignore God's law or some translations say you disobey God's law and substitute your own tradition, ignore or disobey, same type of concept here, uh, that they ignore, they dismiss it or disobey it. And what God, what Jesus is saying, well, Jesus is God, but what Jesus is saying is Jesus is saying that you're disobeying God's law. And that's not what God wants. God wants obedience. In fact, we see this all throughout scripture. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, it says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices or your, your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than the offering or than offering the fat of rams. Does God want you to sacrifice more than he wants you to obey? No. God wants obedience. God wants those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God doesn't, God, you could, you could go to church seven days a week, come into the church doors all the time. You could tithe. You could do all of those different things. You can, you can, you know, just do all the religious activities. You can celebrate Lent or something like that. You can, you know, do all the things that make you think you're a Christian, but if you're not actually in obedience to God's word, if you're living in sin, then you're missing what God wants from you because what God wants is obedience. Yes, tithing is obedience. Yes, going to church is obedience. But if you're just doing a bunch of religious actions, but you're not actually living in obedience to God's word, that, that's not what God wants. He wants people in obedience to, the, uh, to him. I have to think about this to myself. Paul even said this, that I have to be careful that when I preach that I don't find myself to be disqualified. I have to make sure that when I preach, when I get on this podcast and I preach to you guys or teach to you guys on this uh, podcast, that I'm not saying all this stuff to you. And then at the end of the day, 
I'm not even in obedience myself. I have to make sure that every day that I, Joey Santora, die to my flesh, that I'm alive in Christ. Is, are we in obedience to God? Are we obeying God? Because God wants obedience. God wants obedience. He doesn't just want sacrifice. He doesn't just want sacrifice. He wants obedience. Mouth is getting a little dry there. God wants obedience. He does. That's what he wants. He wants obedience over your sacrifices. I'm going to fast for 21 days right now. Amen. Hallelujah. And then during those 21 days, you know, you don't read your Bible, you know, you don't pray or anything like that. You're just fasting because you think it's a sacrifice to God. And then you're living in sin the entire time. God, God that, that fast meant nothing. You might as well eat at that point. God wants, God wants obedience more than he wants sacrifice. God wants obedience above all things. God wants full obedience too. Look at the story of Cain and Abel, right? The story of Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. Why? Because he was jealous that Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. Why? Because Abel gave his best to God, which is what God asked for. And Cain did not give the best of what God asked for. And so Cain didn't fully obey God and God didn't like that. God didn't call that obedience. God called that disobedience. God didn't say, well, at least you went 50-50. He said, no, you didn't obey me. If it's not full obedience, it's not obedience. God wants us to fully obey his word. Fully obey his word. God wants obedience. My last point, God wants a pure heart. God wants a pure heart. Man, if there's anything that I can emphasize more than more uh, in this, this kind of summarizes both of my points. Have a pure heart before God. Look at what uh, Mark chapter 7 verse 15 says. It says this, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Let me explain a little bit of understanding here. The religious leaders were saying, oh, why don't your disciples, you know, follow the hand-washing ritual? And why don't your disciples follow the bull-washing ritual and stuff? And Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 it doesn't really matter what goes into you as much as it matters what comes out of you because that's what really defiles you. What really defiles you is by what comes out of your, uh, out of your heart. And I'll explain why Jesus said that in just a second. But the reason why uh, the reason why he's uh, noting about what goes into your body is because in this bull washing ritual and in this hand washing ritual, it was about cleaning what what goes on the inside of you, what you eat, your hands before you eat, and bowls before you eat. And um, I don't even think Jesus is necessarily saying like you know you shouldn't wash your hands before you eat or anything like that, or you shouldn't clean your dishes or anything. That's not what he's getting into. The deeper matter here is that they had this whole ritual and ceremony that they were supposed to do before they, before they ate with bowls and, and, you know, washing of hands. And Jesus is saying to the Pharisees that you're missing it, that you care about this tradition more than you care about what's in your heart. He was getting to the heart of the issue that it's not that, okay, you care about this tradition. I mean, whatever, but you care about these traditions, but you don't care about what's in your heart. That's what Jesus is getting at in this scenario because the Pharisees valued this ritual more than they even valued what was in their heart. And the reason why Jesus says what comes out of your heart is because we know this from the scripture. We know in Proverbs 4.23 that it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do 
flows from it. Everything you do or out of it flow the issues of life. Everything you do flows from what's in your heart. What's in your heart? What do you let in? What do you, you know, what you watch? What you see, you know, the people that you talk to, the music that you listen to, all of that stuff will be in your heart, in your heart. When something bad happens, you know, when you stub your toe, does a swear word come out of your mouth? And if it does, then that might reveal something that's in your heart. Might reveal something that's in your heart. I get it. I remember when I was younger, I used to, I used to swear. And, uh, I, uh, I was around my baseball team a lot and they, they would swear a lot. And because of that, and I'm not making an excuse for myself, I didn't guard myself and I kind of just started to go with them. And so for a while, for many years, if I were to like, you know, drop something or do something, I, I would say, I would say a bad word and I'd be like, man, like, like I got to work on that. But it comes from guarding your heart and making sure one of the things, major things I did, Pastor Brandon Dumas, our, our Wolke campus pastor and our old youth pastor that, that I took over over for. Uh, he taught me something very important. He said, don't even listen to any of that secular music that's out there. Don't listen to it. He said, because you need to guard your heart and be careful about what comes out because what comes out is because the Bible actually says it in, in Luke, what you say flows from what's in your heart. What you say flows from what's in your heart in Luke chapter six, verse 45. It says that what you out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's one translation. So it matters what you listen to. It matters what you let in. And what God is looking for is a pure heart. So how do we have that pure heart? Again, we guard our heart. We make sure that we're careful about who we're around, what we let in. You know, if you have to be around people that maybe aren't the best, just guard yourself. Make sure that you have your guard up. Don't let your guard down. You know, we have to be careful. Here's what the Bible says in Psalm 24, three through four. It says, who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false God. Clean hands and a pure heart. God wants clean hands and a pure heart before him. How do I have that, Joey? You know, I, you know, I, sometimes I'll do something wrong. Sometimes I won't do the best, the best thing. Well, the first thing that's good is that in the, in the old Testament, it was different, but in the new Testament, we've been purified by the message of Christ when we repent of our sin and put our faith in him. But watch this, actually having a pure heart doesn't necessarily mean that you'll never do anything wrong, but it means that when you do, that you'll come before God in repentance, pure before him. It means that you'll have a desire and longing to not want to do things that are displeasing to him. Look at what 1 Samuel 13, 14 says. But now your kingdom, and this is uh, speaking to uh, Saul, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of the people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Who is he speaking about, Samuel? He's speaking about David, a man after my own heart. David was a man after God's own heart and he was a man after God's own heart and he still did something wrong. He had an affair and he did something, he, had, he murdered someone, he did something he shouldn't have done, but he came before God and he said, I have sinned. I have sinned. Will you have a pure heart before God or God, even saying, God, I don't even want to do anything that offends you. That's a pure heart before God. Oh God, I, I, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I repent of that God that I did that thing wrong. Because the Bible says if you, uh, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. 
You can sit there and say, God, I want my heart to be pure, pure before you. Even search me, O God. Search me, O God. Having that heart of David in Psalm 139, search me, O God. Search me, Lord. Lord, search me. Is there anything in you that might offend, might offend you? I don't want that, God. Having that pure heart. Here's the reality. You may have everything on the outside. Man might look at you and say, man, that is a good choice for someone that can do things for God. Man, that, that, that's someone that, that, can, that matters, that could do something. But guess what? God may have a different standard. Why? 1 Samuel 16, 7. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God is looking for people that have a heart that is surrendered to him. God is looking at your heart. You may not be, you may not be the best, you know, speaker. You may not be the best uh, person at, you know, saying all the right words when you evangelize. You may not be, you know, the person that everybody looks at and goes, wow, but where's your heart before God? Because that's what matters to the Lord. Do you have a pure heart before God? Do you have a pure heart before God? God, I don't want to do anything to offend you. God, why don't I want to do anything? Not out of religion, but because I love you, God. Because I love you. I want to be pure before you. And the good news is that in Christ, you've been purified. And you remain purified by leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you have everything that you need to live a godly life. Everything you need. So again, God wants genuine worship. God wants obedience. And God wants a pure heart. I believe that there is a revival of relationship that is happening right now. And I'm not, you know, saying that, you know, speaking a word right now over, you know, releasing a word or whatever over the entire world right now. I'm just speaking to you guys right now, something that I do feel in my spirit that God is doing uh, to people that are connected to, uh, to my ministry. If you watch the podcast every week and you're connected to this ministry, uh, I appreciate that very much. And I want you to know that I really believe that God is looking for people that will say, God, I want to go deeper. Even if you already have a great relationship with God, I want to go deeper. How can I go deeper, God? How can I go deeper? Something that God challenged me to do today. Um, sometimes on Thursdays, uh, I'll spend God, time with God later in the day and there's nothing wrong with that or anything like that. But, uh, and cause it's, you know, just, we're having a relationship with God. It's not about a religious necessarily time, but I, you know, I'll spend God, time with God later in the day and I just felt I want to go deeper. So I, so I woke up a little earlier this morning and I, and I read my Bible this morning. Just, you know, not because, you know, I felt like I had to, but just because I wanted to go deeper. Yeah, God, let, let me read your word today. Let me see what your word says today. How can you go deeper with God today? God wants genuine worship. He wants obedience and he wants a pure heart. I hope that this blessed you and I want to pray for you right now that God right now would challenge you to have a deeper relationship with him. I feel to do this real quick before I pray. And there's anybody watching right now for the first time. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you've been watching and you've still never given your life to Jesus Christ. Then I want you to know that Jesus Christ, he came down, God in the flesh, he came down, he lived a perfect life. He was tempted in every way that we were, but he did not sin. That he died on the cross for your sin. It was a painful death, but he did it because of the joy set before him, which was you and I, to have that he could call us to a relationship to himself. And now he was buried in the ground. He then defeated death and hell and rose again from the dead. And now he gives you an opportunity to have a relationship with him. You can repent of your sin and say, Jesus, I repent of my sin and I put my faith in you. If that's you and you want to do that right now, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say this, say, dear Jesus, 
I repent of my sin. I put my faith in you. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead. I want a relationship with you. I'm a Christian now. In Jesus' name, amen. There's nothing magical about that prayer. It's just that you've repented of your sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, if somebody just prayed that prayer for the first time right now, praise God. I want you to even drop in the comments. Uh, say You could say that... Um, you could say amen or say I got saved. Say I got saved and we'll follow up with you. We'll see if we can get in touch with you. Um, we'd love to contact you and uh, help you get some resources in your hand to help you with your faith journey. The number one thing you could do is find a Bible-believing church. Find a church that believes in the Holy Spirit, believes uh, in the gifts of the Spirit. Find a church uh, that that uh, believes in the Bible. Uh, but uh, let me pray for the rest of you guys that, just, uh, that, that have been watching. Uh, just pray that God would uh, take you deeper in his relationship with you. Father, I thank you for this uh, group of people that are watching right now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would see a revival of relationship. That, Father, that people would go deeper in their relationship with you like never before. Father, that uh, minutes would turn into hours of prayer, Father. Father, that people would be called to fast more. People would be called to pray more. Hallelujah. People would be called to study your word more this year. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you so much. And we thank you that you guys just continue to be a, a part of this ministry. We love you guys so much. If there's anything we can ever do for you, please feel free to reach out to us. We love you. God bless. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you are blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.